there. Welcome to episode number seven of the EP podcast. It is Wednesday, April 15, 2020. I'm your host, Austin Horton. Thanks for tuning in each and every day. Uh, it's uh, it's now official. You can find the EP podcast anywhere you find your podcasts, be it iTunes, Google, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, on and on and on and on and on. You can just find it anywhere. You can go to our website, 1280thezone.com. Click on the podcast tab. It's right there in there or 1280thezone.com slash EP dash podcast. Or, of course, on the Zone Sports Network app on the on-demand audio section. So excited that we are globally available now. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your help uh, because of the the listens and the uh, attention that has been brought to the podcast already. That's how we're able to get this done so quickly. Uh, my thanks to everyone at The Zone, Scott Gerard, Nathan Schultz, and the, the behind-the-scenes people who are working on the, the technical side of this. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for getting us up and running. It's fun to do this every day. Hopefully you're enjoying it as well. Being a Wednesday, we've got a short abbreviated edition of the of the EP podcast here. It's what I'm going to call Acoustic Wednesday, something that uh, I really enjoy. I, I enjoy music. Uh, I've played the piano since I was a young child. My mother painstakingly, quote unquote, forced me and my siblings to learn the piano. She didn't force us. It was just, it was, you know, it, she knew it was good for us. We enjoyed it. We just would rather play video games, but... She made sure we got that in our system, and man, I'm glad she did, so, because from the piano, went to singing, uh, went to guitar and drums, on and on and on and on, and uh, I really enjoy that part of life. I enjoy music, and so I thought on Wednesdays, I, I would share a bit of my uh, favorite listening with you, and I'm going to call it Acoustic Wednesday, because I don't know, there's something about an acoustic version of a song that just speaks volumes to me. There's a group I love. Uh, their name is Boyce Avenue, and they essentially do nothing but covers. They have their own original stuff that is fantastic as well. But on on YouTube, they've just exploded into the world's best-known cover band. It's a, a trio of brothers from Florida, uh, Boyce Avenue. And uh, we'll have them from time to time, I'm sure. But they do these acoustic versions of these hit songs that are great on the radio. But then when they make it acoustic, it's just magnifique. It just speaks to my soul. So today, I've got a bit of a a throwback to the 80s, and it's an original member of the band that sang this song, doing the song, but he's not the front man on the song like he was back then. I'll tell you about it later, uh, halfway through the episode today on Acoustic Wednesday. But let's start here. Major League Baseball is doing something that I think is pretty cool. Uh, They are participating along uh, in a study being conducted by Stanford University and University of Southern California, USC, uh, where 10,000 plus, impl- I think the number is 10, yeah, 10,000 plus volunteers, be it workers on the concessions, event security, GMs, owners, players themselves, players' families, they employees of Major League Baseball and their families and loved ones are participating voluntarily in this study being done by the Sports Medicine Research and Testing Lab uh, at Stanford and USC. What they're doing in this study is they're looking for COVID-19 antibodies uh, or essentially proteins to see what, what people may have had coronavirus already, 
did or did not realize it and seeing how their blood is respond or has responded to that uh, disease to see if it has created uh, a protein reactor. Because what happens in my understanding with coronavirus is it attaches to the proteins on the cell and that's what it attacks. Well, then what the idea of a vaccine would be, you create a different protein that when that uh, COVID comes and gets on your protein of your cell, the protein that you've put into your body then responds and lessens the impact of that disease. And maybe even down to the point where you, you don't get it, but really it's more about making sure that it's not as bad as it would have been without the vaccine. That's the idea of a vaccine. So Major League Baseball sign up for this uh, for this test and this study, which is just fantastic because I think it's one more step towards us actually finding a vaccine. Now, my question becomes, and here's how simple the, the test is. They're already doing it. They do it at home. They mail them this test. They do it at home. They get the results in moments and they send it back. It's, it's essentially a finger prick test. You prick your finger, you get a little blood, you put it on a test strip, you add a, a, a solvent of some kind, you wait a few moments, you get your results, you report your results. And then what they're able to do with that is see just this, in fact, uh, this person, I'm going to butcher their name, uh, I apologize to them, I know they're big listeners here on the EP podcast, but Stanford researcher Jay Bhattacharya reported uh, that what they're doing is this will be the first time, quote, we'll be able to see how truly prevalent COVID-19 has spread throughout the U.S. And instead of it taking years to pull together a study of the scope, especially with stay-at-home orders, MLB has helped us turn it around in a matter of weeks. Uh, To even begin to understand how far along we are in battling this virus, we need to know how many Americans have had it, close quote, that from uh, Bhattacharya there with the uh, the laboratory. So what the, my question then becomes, why not send one of these tests to every home in America? If they're that simple of a test, let's get these mass produced as fast as we can, get everybody to test their finger, put you know, get so, a little blood, put it on the thing, and let's see. Let's see how prevalent it is. Because the belief is it's so prevalent that we have to have everything shut down that we can't have schools are now canceled or not canceled, but closed through the rest of the school year. You've got uh, businesses having to lay off people day after day after day because they can't stay in business without customers coming in. And it, it goes on and on and on. Uh, let's see just how prevalent it has become. And then let's adjust from there. It might be worse. My guess is it's a little better. We do need to stay the course and get through this thing for a few more weeks, in my opinion. I'm no expert. I'm no doctor. Just from what I've heard and read and studied, we're doing so good here, especially in Utah, of we slowed that peak down. It got to a peak where instead of being a huge spike, it was more of a curved, and now we're at the top of that curve. We need to start coming back down the downslope. Something like this can help us know where we stand against this fight. So I applaud Major League Baseball for stepping up and participating in this. Obviously, they benefit from it because they want to have games played sooner rather than they have 162 games they got to fit in. They've already lost almost a month of that. So hopefully uh, this works and and is a good thing. It is a good thing, but hopefully I would love to see it produced uh, nationwide. I'd be the first one to sign up. Go ahead. Take my blood. Let's see. Let's go ahead and uh, make some progress here. All right, Greg Popovich, uh, you, you, you like him, you love him, you hate him, you despise him. I don't know. Uh, I, here's what I know about Greg Popovich. He's a showman. He, I, when he does these little media power plays during games, 
That is, he did it one time because he was in a foul, ornery, bad mood, and he thinks it's dumb. It got such a funny response that he has now made it his shtick, and that's what he does for laughs. That's what he does to entertain himself. It's not that I don't think he is a true, real jerk in real life. By all accounts and by all reports of people that know him, especially here within the jazz organization who know him really well, he's a really sweet guy. He, he's an amazing person. And he did something that uh, uh, goes to uh, support those beliefs and that opinion of Greg Popovich. He hopped on a staff phone call on Monday with the San Antonio Food Bank. And what he did, well, according to uh, the, the organization CEO, Eric Cooper, who told the San Antonio Express News about this, what he did was he got on this phone call, he dialed in, and he spoke to the employees, uh, the volunteers rather, not employees, volunteers of the San Antonio Food Bank, who just a few days earlier had fed over 10,000 households at a drive through on the city's south side, the most the food bank has ever fed. It's amazing. 10,000 households got vital, uh, got food where else they couldn't have had it from the San Antonio Food Bank. And Popovich got on there and he gave a pep talk. And what he did was he talked about uh, this coronavirus situation and the tough things we're going through and he related it to tough games he and his teams have faced in the past during his career. Pretty cool. Pretty nice thing he said. In fact, uh, here's a quote from him. He said, quote, we are just entertainers playing a sport that doesn't mean much. But you guys are serving the community. Our staff and volunteers really appreciated it, said Cooper. Popovich, uh, he's 71. He stressed that the food bank's mission was far more than important than the Spurs. Like he said, they play a game. These people are feeding people and keeping them alive. Uh, Cooper told the Express News that Popovich provided the staff with, quote, good insights about leadership and getting through tough times. And then he also opened it up and took some questions. And someone asked him why he benched Tim Duncan in Game 6 of the 13 NBA Finals against the Heat. Uh, but, uh, of course, and Cooper said, I was like, oh, man. But he was just a real blessing to the staff. He gave, gave us some good insights about leadership and getting through tough times. It was cool to see. So, uh, really cool. A really cool gesture by uh, Greg Popovich. All right, halfway through the episode, time for Acoustic Wednesday. This comes courtesy of Kurt Smith. You might know him as one of the two vocalists and guitarists. He's the bass guitar, I want to say, for Tears for Fears, the 80s hit rock band and early 90s from the UK. And this song, Mad World, was actually written by the other guy in Tears for Fears, Bolazar, I think is how you say his last name, uh, if I'm not misremembering. He wrote this song, but Kurt... Smith sang it, was the lead vocals on it, because at the time, Kurt uh, said he really related to the lyrics. It's about a young person who is going through a tough time, is trying to get through life, that awkward stage in life we all experience where we're young, we're teenagers, and it seems very melancholy all the time. And Kurt Smith really related to some of the lyrics, especially, he said, as he looked back on his relationship that he did not have with his father growing up. I guess he, his, his mother and father were separated his whole life, uh, and his dad was always absent due to going, traveling for work, and he died when Kurt was 17 years old, and Kurt said at that time, I hated his guts, and he said, looking back though, I eventually came to realize it was I was a teenager and I was just angry, and I didn't really have any right or reason 
to point to to hate my father. And so that's why this song resonated with him. Well, what's cool is, yeah, it's not a feel-good, great, jump-up, rah-rah song, but it's hauntingly beautiful. It is melancholic, and Kurt's uh, uh, voice matched it perfectly in that way. Well, what Kurt has done now is he's got a daughter of that same age, 17 years old. I think it said she's 17, of when he was referencing how this song played in his mind and what it meant to him. And what they did is they teamed up, played an acoustic version of it, and his daughter plays the lead guitar amazingly. He plays the bass, of course, and he sings the, the, the most of the melody, but she has the most amazing harmonies that she adds to this. So just wanted to play Mad World acoustic version performed by Kurt Smith of Tears for Fears and his daughter, Diva. Mad 
Ow! <laughs> there you go. Hope you enjoyed an acoustic Wednesday. That is Tears for Fears. Kurt Smith with his daughter, Diva, singing Mad World. All right, we'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of the EP podcast with a couple sound bites from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, there's a lot of people. I know I've got a good friend that is sick of seeing and hearing from Anthony Fauci. Personally, I'm not. Uh, I think he's a smart guy. He he has some uh, history in his career of not, I don't want to say messing up, but the, the AIDS cri- crisis and pandemic in the 80s and 90s was not handled perfectly. Uh, far from it and some of that is due to it was something it's really hard to handle something like that perfectly Uh, politically I think there was a lot uh, of stuff that got in the way there and then and Dr. Anthony Fauci was part of that response team back then but I, I enjoy seeing his press conferences and hearing his voice and his opinions it's somewhat even when it seems like it's bad news or something I don't want to hear he has a way of delivering it uh, pragmatically or logically that makes me feel, okay, well, it is bad news, but at least we know what we're doing here. At least we're getting progress made. And I, th- so I wanted to play a, a snippet or two from an interview he did with Snapchat's Good Luck America host. Uh, the name is Peter Hambly, and, and, or Peter Hamby, excuse me, Snapchat's Good Luck America host. And he asked him a couple of ridiculous questions like this one. Someone, there's some crazy internet rumor that 5G cell towers are causing coronavirus faster than any other. And of course, Dr. Anthony Fauci, in his uh, way, shot that down. Dr. Anthony Fauci is America's point man on the science of coronavirus. Yes, I mean, obviously. Today, he joined us on Good Luck America to talk COVID-19, conspiracy theories, and whether football season is actually going to happen. Hello. Hey, Dr. Fauci. The first thing I want to ask you about is there's this theory spreading around the internet that 5G towers are weakening the immune system and forcing people to get COVID-19. It it poisons the cells. Yeah, that's easy. That's thoroughly preposterous, untrue, and actually ridiculous. 5G doesn't impact on the immune system. A lot of things do, but not that. Come on, this is, uh, there's no, there's this, uh, conspiracies, man. Nothing is as entertaining or better written as a good conspiracy theory. All right, next question was, the the early studies from China showed that uh, older people were more susceptible to getting coronavirus and actually dying from coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci says, well, the, the data now, especially in the United States, is that it's not one group over the other uh, that that is susceptible to getting it. Uh, it's just that the there, there are group, people from each age group now getting it. Now, some of these numbers are there are more people of the 20-something to 40-something age group population-wise, and so there's going to be a rise there. But he said, while old, older uh, people are susceptible to get it, it does not necessarily mean that a younger person is not as susceptible to get it. But the good news is, Peter Hamby asked him, are these increase are we seeing an increase in numbers of young people who are getting uh, the, the virus, who are suffering through a bad version of the virus, or who are actually ultimately passing away due to the virus? Are those numbers increasing? And the good news is, Fauci says no. 
What we're disturbingly starting to see now, which is really troublesome, is that the original cases from China made it seem that young people and healthy people get a mild illness, it goes away, no problem. Now we're starting to see that people who are younger are getting ill and some of them are getting seriously ill and even dying from this. Are you seeing in the data from the United States that the rates of infection for young people are actually increasing from where they were a few weeks ago? No, it's not increasing. It, 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 it's steady. But it is more likely, if you're young and healthy, that you may have what's called an asymptomatic infection. You won't know that you're infected, but you still can inadvertently and innocently spread the virus to someone who is actually quite vulnerable. You know, your grandmother, grandfather, your uncle who just finished chemotherapy for cancer, or someone who has a compromised immune system. We're learning. We're getting through this. We're, we're, we're finding out some facts each and every day. And now a sports flavor to it. And this is really why I should be playing this on the pad on the sports podcast that is the EP podcast. Uh, Peter Hamby asks Dr. Anthony Fauci about abbreviated professional sports seasons and the likelihood of those happening. People are still holding out hope for some kind of abbreviated baseball season this summer. College football will start in late August, NFL right after that. Do you think those sports seasons are in jeopardy? Are we going to have college football this fall? There's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadium. Put them in big hotels, you know, wherever you want to play. Keep them very well surveilled, namely a, a surveillance, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out. I mean, people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game, particularly me. I'm living in Washington. We have the world champion Washington Nationals. I want to see them play again. That's great news. That means we could have a season of baseball, a season of football, of college and NFL football. Perhaps they could and can and will finish the NBA season in this manner. This is phenomenal news that this can be done. It's not without headaches. It's not without uh, logical issues to work through and around. It won't be inexpensive. But I love the, the the fact that, yes, it's an option to get these games played. I think that's really important to this country. All right, that's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of the EP Podcast. By the way, very excited. I'm uh, recording an interview today with uh, for Military Monday with Jenny Taylor, the, the widow of Major Brent Taylor, who was the mayor of North Ogden, who gave his life in the sacrifice for freedom uh, in the uh, Iraqi war uh, a couple years ago. Very excited, nervous to talk with Jenny. So stay tuned. Next Monday, you'll hear her on Military Monday, and, and that'll be really fun. Uh, coming up next, you, of course, you got the laugh of the day. Thank you each and every one of you for tuning in and sharing the podcast each and every day. I'm Austin Horton. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. And as always, be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> Tell you what, music helps us out a lot. I, uh, I love to sing. I love to sing. I, I sing in weddings, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> why don't y'all shut your mouth? I had a friend call me not too long ago. He said, dude, I'm getting married. I want you to sing at my wedding. I'm like, okay, I'd be honored. When are you getting married? He goes, in two weeks. I'm like, well, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I said, uh, well, what do you, when do you want? He goes, well, my friend, I wanted to sing. He fell through, so called you. <laughs> well, flattered. Thank you.
I said, okay, when do you want me to sing to the wedding? He goes, well, when the bride's walking down the aisle. I want you to sing then. You sure about that? No. I said, okay, uh, well, what do you want me to sing? He goes, you pick. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Half of me's going, no way. The other half of me's like, I can make this a wedding no one's ever going to forget. There's a lot of songs that can go well, very appropriate at a wedding. We're walking down that. What's love got to do? Got to do? That wouldn't be very appropriate. Uh, heard it from a friend who. Heard it from a friend who. Heard it from another you've been messing around. That wouldn't be good at all. My best friend's girl <laughs> But she used to be mine That would be I lose a friend over that one Well, there's worse But I still haven't found What I'm looking for <laughs> You can't always get what you want But you can try sometimes you might find you get what you need. Yeah. Who gives this one? Huh. 